Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on World Book Day. And you do know we love our books on Late Lunch. Of course, we have the club with Margaret Madden, who brings you her brilliant recommendations every month. And we talk to authors and have right through the years. And we love them. We really do. And I want to mention one of our authors today at the start, Patricia Scanlon. I want to say a big hello to Patricia today. She wants to join us on the show, but she's a little under the weather. And we wish her well. And we will be talking to her hopefully soon. She's a fantastic, fantastic lady. Now besides books on the show we'll be joined by Niall Hatch and we're talking about Corvids today What are Corvids you ask? Caca! Crows! Yes we're talking crows to Niall Hatch in a little while. The Enterprise Week in Ireland is next week and Louth and Meath have a fantastic range of events we're looking ahead to that as well on the show and Oliver Usher has a very special auction coming up which he's going to tell us about. We have more besides all we need is you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text Contact me on the show directly or 0419832000 if you'd like to call in. But we do begin with books today and World Book Day. And a lady I have great admiration for, because you know yourself, uh, online purchases of books really have taken off. And it's very difficult for the bookstore owner, and especially independents. But I love them, and I always say, without our independent bookstores, we're nothing. And if we lose them, they're gone and gone forever. And one lady who has a lovely, lovely store on the south side of Drogheda called Academy Books. Her name is Irene Gahan. She's been with us on the show many times and she's back with me today. Irene, happy World Book Day to you. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. It's great to chat to you today. There's a real buzz about the day. I have to be honest about it because children are heading to school dressed up in outfits to celebrate the day. I know you have your book club, haven't you, this evening as well? We do indeed. We have our book club this evening. All the book club ladies are back, so big shout out. <laughs> First time. So we are, this is our, actually our second book club. Um, is it? Since the pandemic, we're, is it? We're, we're, yeah. we're moving on to John, uh, John Carson's uh, The Raptures uh, this evening. Go on, yeah. For the next month, which is very, very good and highly recommended. Yeah. But I want to shout out to LaKayla because they've teachers have all dressed up and posted the most fabulous pictures of all the teachers dressed up for World Book Day. <laughs> Never mind the kids. I think the teachers are enjoying it way more. <laughs> LaKayla School in Eastmead, well done to you all, teachers. Congratulations to you. But just back to the club. Did you do the club online during the lockdown? Is this your second time back all face-to-face? 
Yeah, it's our second great, time back. And what's interesting is, as well, we had so many more new members as well, which is brilliant. So many more joined in. So it was it was really great to see. And then, obviously, now this will be the first time we actually know what people look like. Uh-huh. Because the masks will come off. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's a momentous time all around. But look at Irene. You, you're a trailblazer. I say it to you again. And you are keeping the, uh, the light shining for independent bookstores. It's a tough old company call, isn't it, to keep the show on the road? I think it is, but you know what? I have to say this, but there's many champions of which you were one, I have to add, of independent bookstores, and I think the support from, uh, particularly from, you know, yourself and Ryan Tuberty, and, you know, they, they're really, really good, they're really, really you know, they're really, really into the independence and they really, really help and they really, really push and World Book Day kind of marks you know, back kind of the, mm. the start again of after Christmas yes. and after kind of New Year's. It kind of starts off our book year. If that you know that kind of makes the start a new year. Yeah. So it's kind of a big thing for us. So by the time we assemble all of the uh, the stands and get all the books in, when I mean, we've already know what's coming in because obviously we had to pre-order all these last September, so mm. they have an idea how many to print. But it's wonderful, and the kids come in all dressed up, uh, you know, and then you have balloons and everything, and it's just and it's reading so it's just so lovely and it's just such a nice thing for and the whole point of it as well is that when they get their book token is that they come in and they look at the books and they make the decision I think that's what's lovely about it you know it's not like a parent you know kind of coming in going okay you're going to do this or whatever it's the child actually coming in and having the experience in the bookshop to actually look around so they can either get their free book or they can get one euro fifty off any other book Lovely, lovely, so lovely. That's the beauty of World Book Day. Yeah, and it is so important, I say it again. Right, we have the electronic devices and you can read by different uh, methods and that. But I, I honestly say it to you, I, I could never adjust and I never will at this stage of my life to that. I, I love the book, the physical book itself, to have it, to read it, to pick it up, to put it down. And just the touchy-feely of a new book is something to behold. Now, the reason I have you with me today, because I'm going to put you, Irene Gahan, on the spot. Woman of books, bookworm extraordinaire. Okay. Tell me this, you know, in you've, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to ask you this because you'll not tell me. But you have, you have read so many books in your lifetime. But I'd like you to tell our listeners today, say you had, let's say, three books that you'd say to people today, you must read these books in your lifetime. Am I asking you too difficult a question? No, not really. Um, But I probably answer very, very different I probably come up with something very, very different than the usual. You know, okay. I'm, 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 I love the classics, which you know, which I do love my classics. But um, and I do think that everybody should read um, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. That is one of my favourites. Right. That is my absolute favourite, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Um, I think the fact I love Iceland probably helps with that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the any Enid Blyton, now I know it doesn't necessarily carry over to this year's, to kind of now's generation, because there's, you know, there's nuances and things that they wouldn't necessarily understand. Yeah. But I think the famous, I, I, I love the famous five. Oh my gosh, I just love the famous five and the secret seven. And, and any of those would have been my favorite, you know, would have been my absolute favorites um, mm. when I was growing up. But I think if you, if I was to say kind of books that you have to read, definitely Journey to the Centre of the Earth would be, would be absolutely one of them. Um, I think one of the other milestones that I read was Notes to Self by Emily Pine. 
Now, I think it's for an, a different generation. So I think it's for like kind of, you're, you're, you know, maybe 20s, 30s, 40s. I think it's that kind of age generation. Mm. And for men and women. But Notes to Self by Emily Pine would absolutely be one of my, I was kind of, wow, that's, that's just so raw, so honest, so truthful. And I thought that was really, really, that sticks out. And it's one of the books I will always kind of keep on my, it would always be on my bookshelf. Fantastic, and you've you've gone through so many. And like Enid Blyton, it's your people grew up with those books, the famous five and the secret seven. But are you still popular? Oh, are they? they, That's what I was going to ask you. Are they still popular? Yeah, yeah, they are still popular. I mean, they have been taken over in some way, I suppose, by the likes of David Walliams and the likes of Derek Landy and Skullduggery. I mean, Skullduggery is a huge, huge favorite, and Mm. he's a local author as well. Yes, yes, a huge, huge favorite. Um, you know, for for kids that sort of you know, that age group now. Um, but I, more and more, more and more, we have a huge teen section now, which has all the BookTok books. So TikTok has this thing called BookTok. So we had an awful lot of teenagers in, um, in the last kind of two months, really, since this kind of whole BookTok took off, um, looking for books that have been recommended, which I was really surprised about. I was, I was delighted about. It was lovely to see them, you know, coming in, going, OK, I saw this online and I really want to read it and it's a series. And, um, you know, so that that's lovely as well to see. Mm. Do you keep books? Have you books from your childhood? I do. I have The Enchanted Tree in hardback um, and it's, it's it's inscribed. I was seven, and it's inscribed for Christmas. Oh. I still have that. Yeah, I have that one, and it's it's immaculate. I mean, I have moved so many times. I've moved countries so many times. <laughs> so for that to still be on my bookshelf, completely immaculate, I'm so impressed with myself. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, you know, people. This is another thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm a great believer in recycling books and giving books to others that I read and passing on the joy. <laughs> I, I keep a few, like yourself. I keep a few. But you know there are people. I know somebody in my family, and he keep he has kept, and he has thousands of them. Every book he ever read. Well, I think my husband about about five years ago, my husband got to the point where I mean, there's about four thousand books in those shelving units. So I think you're going to have to do a clear out. <laughs> so I ended up doing a St. Vincent de Paul run with about half of them. Um, and I think even at that he was still going no you need to get rid of more <laughs> I, c- I can't bear to get to, 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 to part with them um, and a big shout out actually to my my nieces uh, my nephew sorry Charlie and Marcus are in Kilkenny and they have the most amazing children's book collection it's like their own library they are fabulous yeah. um, and they're not giving them up <laughs> <laughs> you see not giving them up for yeah, no money <laughs> I, I can just you, you cherish them like children these books I know I know the way you're, you're, you're connected with them so you're saying to me today on LMFM's late launch that the number one book of all time that you've ever read is Journey to the the centre of the earth. It was my favourite. It was my absolute favourite. And it kind of inspired me to travel as well because you you kind of, all these sort of very distant things, you know, that you don't, you, you kind of, you know, you read, um, and I think it's just one of those books that if it was written kind of maybe in more modern, more more kids would enjoy. Of course, most kids have in their heads the, you know, yeah. the actual movie, mm. and they would have seen the movie, but I, and a lot of them go, really, there's a book? And you just go, oh, yes, there's a book. Yes. <laughs> so oh, my God. My top. And I collect them, Jerry. I collect, them from, <laughs> I collect that book as well. So I have that book um, in about eight different languages, um, in about 15 different versions so whenever I travel I always look for I always look for one 
Isn't that just something else? And would you have read it a number of times? Would you reread a book like that? Your favourite book? Oh, I'd reread it, and I, oh, I'd reread it. Yes, I mean, I, I've read. I've, I've actually read it. I mean, I speak French and Spanish, so I have read the French and Spanish version. Um, I wouldn't attempt any other version, but I do read them. I mean, they're, they're but they're just. I reread them over and over because I just love. Oh, I just think there was something fabulous about it. I think it was just the, the fact that it was set when it was, you know, written when it was written in the late 18th. I think the the inspiration around it. I mean, he, Jules Verne had never actually been to Iceland when he wrote that book. Yes. He had been in a library and, and, and seen, um, you know, the peninsula just outside Reykjavik where he set mm. everything. So I just think from that perspective, it was kind of, and even when you actually in book club, so we have our kids' book club tomorrow night, when you explain that to them, when you talk about the classics and you explain it to them, I think they're going, oh, wow, okay, I don't need to actually go somewhere and experience something to be able to write about it. I can make stuff up. <laughs> I <laughs> love really, it. I can make stuff up. <laughs> I love it. And and, and tell me this, in, in terms of your reading, you're running a business there, your book clubs and everything oh, else besides. Sorry, how, how many books do you read every day? Do you read every week? How many books would you get through in a week or... You know, um, I would read every day, but I'm terrible because I'm, I'm really, I, you know, when I thought when I had a bookshop, I'd be able to read more, but yeah. I'm actually probably reading less. <laughs> uh, the irony. Um, I do read every day. Yes. Um, and you know what's interesting, actually, what uh, uh, we we've sold out of Putin's people, which I thought was you know, a bit strange, but mm. I think everyone's trying to, to get to some understanding about what's going on in the world at the moment. Yes. But um, so I finished that. I finally finished that. Um, I am reading our book club book, obviously, for last... Well, I'm finishing off last month, and I'm starting this month. Um, and I'm reviewing all the teenage book club books as well. And we're, we started a crime book club as well. So how the um, hell would you have time to read many well, books? I'm when... terrible. I've got about four or five books on the go at yes. any one time. And I think it depends what humour I'm in as to which one I read. Which mm. I know it sounds a little bit odd, but yeah. you know yourself. You're just as good a reader as I am. You're probably better now, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'll never. I'll never uh, light a candle to you, honestly, in in terms of what you do. But tell me this, just on a quick one. Just, I don't want to pause in it or, or or stay with it. Putin's people, you finished. Did it give you any different perspective on what's happening now? I was terrified. Simple as that. Okay. <laughs> it was terrifying, um, and it was, in, but it was incredibly interesting and nuanced. And you can see why people are suing. The publisher and the author, Catherine and Belton, you can you you can see why they're suing. But I I, I think it's um, anyone I've spoken to that that read it has said it gives a good the better insight actually it gives a more insight into Putin. But if you want an insight into what's going on, if you read um, the Prisoners of Geography um, by Tim Marshall, it's ex- I mean it's an exceptionally written book. And the first chapter is all about Ukraine and all about why Putin is so obsessed with Ukraine. And it's about five or six years. The book is five or six years old. Um, but so you, but you will be able to pick it up. But Prisoners of Geography gives you an insight into, you know, the the, the whole, not just obviously the Ukraine, but obviously the, the mindset of, of of kind of geo geopolitical um, situation. Okay, okay. The so, prisoners, the prisoners of geography is the name of the book by Tim Marshall. That is yes. the, that is the book that you're recommending to give you a real insight to it. Now, you are kind to us always, and when I tell you that Irene Gahan from uh, the Independent Bookstore Academy Books in Southgate on the south side of Drogheda. Give her a shout, support her, please, folks. Go there and buy, and they, they're lovely people in the shop. Has given us the latest from, yes, tell them what you've given us, the latest. 
the latest Marion Keys book. Oh, and it is zooming. My God, talk about being top of the pops at the moment. Everybody wants this book because you see, as you know, and Irene, the original book, Rachel's Holiday, was just huge. And this one is called Again, Rachel. And we want to give it away to a late lunch listener today. So listen, you say nothing for a minute because I have the question because I want to ask people. This is the question. In what year was Rachel's Holiday published? That's the uh, the book. It's a few moons ago and we talked about it with Margaret Madden last week because she picked it in our picks on Book Club here. What year was the original Rachel's Holiday by Marion Keyes published to win again, Rachel, given to us by Academy Books today on World Book Day? Answers to 086-1800-658. 086-1800-658. And you'll love the book, I promise you. Go on away there do all you have to do and I say again happy World Book Day and keep that store brimful and active for years and years to come thank you Jerry. appreciate it you look after yourself thank you for joining me Irene appreciate it take care of yourself wonderful woman Irene Gahan and talk about being into books anyway that's the question for the new one Top of the Pops as I said again Rachel is the book by Marion Keys. Rachel's Holiday was the original in what year was that book published? I mentioned it on Late Lunch, actually, when Margaret was on with me. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your answers, please. On World Book Day, we're taking a short break, but we're staying on books for the next little while. And I love her. She's my favourite of favourite is favourite order. I say that to a few, do I? No, I don't. I only say it to one. Emer Conlin's with us next. Have you a favourite book of all time or a book that you read in the last while that you absolutely loved or you read whenever? Tell us because we'd love to share it with our listeners on Late Lunch Today on World Book Day. Have you a book that you absolutely love? Tell me about it. Just give us the title. That's all we're looking for and we'll pass it on and you'll bring joy to many people because we need as much joy as we can at this time, don't we, in our lives and in the world. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me with your favourite read. Talking about favourites, she's my favourite, favouritist author of all that I've spoken to on Late Lunch and she knows it, she does indeed. When I mention Daisy, Bully Dozer, Sparkle, Screech, oh, I'm only talking about one thing, a place called Vroomtown and its creator joins me. Hello, Emer Conlon. Oh, hello, Jerry Kelly, my very favourite, favourite presenter in the world. <laughs> Talk about a backslapping uh, episode today. They're all switching off and puking at the minute. No, they're not. Indeed, they're not doing it. Anyway, happy World Book Day, young lady. And many happy returns, Jerry. Isn't it a great day? It's a great day. It is. But listen, I want to take you back a few days to Ireland Reads Day on the 25th of February. And that was a momentous day for Emer Conlon. Tell them why. Yes, well, it was my first time back doing story times in person in actual real libraries in front of actual real children. Mm. It was amazing. And obviously, with covid Places have been closed and every, everybody knows their own experiences and things like that. But story times had obviously been cancelled across the board. So it was very exciting. I was actually down in Mullingar Library Lovely. celebrating World or Ireland Reads Day with them. So it was fantastic to actually be in front of children. I saw the pics. I ju- yeah. it just, and I, I said when I talked to her, I'm going to mention this because it was great. Two-way great. Great for you. Wonderful for the children after two years. And to get that connection, and you do it brilliantly, may I say. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. But yeah, no, it was great to see the reaction. That's the thing. Like I did do a few story times online. Yes. Uh, for various yep. uh, events and festivals over the last couple of years. But you know what? It's not the same thing no. looking at yourself <laughs> on, a, on an iPhone trying to, you know. Yes. Um, although I was quite enthusiastic about it, I must say. But at the same time, it's not the same. No. Should we know that as in no. person? Yeah. So it was great to see their little faces and their excitement then when they heard all about the adventures in Broomtown. And I mentioned that Aaron Gahan from Academy Books with me just before you there. And I, we were talking about the children. I'm sure you've seen them today. They've been dressing up and going to school. And we heard about the teachers in uh, La Cayla School as well joining yes. in. It's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, look, it's it's another level of cre- generating an interest, isn't it? That they actually yeah. dress up because they have to think about it. And they all go into their class and they talk about all the different characters that they've dressed up as. It's adding nearly a 3D dimension to, to yeah. the book and to the stories and their faith. And that's, it's a constant then conversation amongst them. It's fantastic. Mm, and and they, I think the fact that the, the teachers are loving it there as well. Is yes, great. yes. Yeah. And they are your audience, you see, which are Roomtown series of books as well. They are yours, Emer Conlon. And that's the great thing about it too. Tell me yeah. this. I mentioned some of the characters there. Uh, and of course, we have to mention Bill Byrne is very important yeah. and Quentin there as well, as lo- <laughs> along with all the trucks. Who in Europe, and I'm putting you in a little spot maybe here, who is the favourite character from the Vroomtown series? Do you know what? It's like asking somebody your favourite child. <laughs> you can't! So, <laughs> so I'm kind of going to get out of it that way. You're alright. I'll allow you to take the Fifth Amendment there. You're okay, you're okay, yeah, you're okay. It, 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 I know sometimes the children would ask me that yes. at the end of story time, because one of my questions to them is, who's your favourite character? Yes. So yes. It kind of flip flops between them all, Jerry. You have yeah. Because they're yeah. listening to me. So I, I know. can't have any favourites. <laughs> well, can this child tell you who he loves? I love them all, I have to say. But can I tell you from this little child's. Well, I'm a child at heart, aren't I? Who I, yeah. I absolutely love Bully Dozer. Do you, Jerry? Yeah. I do. Oh. I what do. do you like about him? I just think, uh, you know, when when you look at him, the way, you know, you've constructed him, number one, and the power behind them and what he can achieve and that. And all the others are lovely, but there's just yes. something in him that appeals to me. And that's, I said I'd put my cards on the table anyway today to tell you that one. But tell uh, you tell you tell us, what's happening in Vroomtown? Have, what, what's, what's the months ahead looking like uh, well, for you? Well, would you believe I'm actually celebrating World Book Day by uh, proving artwork for a seventh book? Ah, yes, fantastic. Come to that time. So I, I actually wrote the story in July, August time, and then contemplating whether to to go for it, and I decided yes. So I proceeded then with our brilliant illustrator John McCormick, and um, yes, we're working on the illustrations now. Actually, just finishing them. We've We've pretty much got through the storyboard and everything, so it's just final tweaking and things at the moment, and hoping that it will be on the shelves, on actual shelves in actual shops, for actual people to go in without their masks. Uh, by Christmas. Ah, that's fantastic to hear. And that's lovely to uh, reveal that today with us on Late Lunch to say that Book 7 is on the way. Do you have a title for it? I'm actually... The title is actually... In progress. Okay. The work in progress. I had a title in July and August and then... Change I your mind, did you? the story. Yeah. So 
I need to reflect that now in the type of social media right. change. But I will give you an exclusive. This is all an exclusive. Most of my friends don't even know this is actually <laughs> happening. But the, but for you, Jerry Kelly, obviously, um, the exclusive is that it's it's leaning towards a story and an adventure about the environment and saving the planet. <sighs> Very topical, topical, timely, on the money, fantastic. Thanks for telling us that today. And it is to be looked forward to. And it'll be out, please God, for the Christmas market. And she'll be in the schools and libraries and doing her rounds of the shopping centres and all that that entails as well with the new one. But I want to say, just for for listeners today who may not have heard of Roomtown, and I'm sure most of them have, age-wise, what do you pitch them at? What are you talking about for children? So we're talking about two to seven because Lovely. it's a picture book. Yep. Little two-year-olds and three-year-olds love yep. pictures. And then as they progress up to the seven, they enjoy the story and reading it themselves or listening to their parents or carers taking the story into their own hands Great. and reading it to them. Great. So you can start them off and they do the pics and then they learn to read and they move along and they progress with them. And the books are available from vroom-town.ie. Go in and check that website. It's fantastic. Vroom-town.ie is the website. And they're available around the northeast as well, aren't they? Uh, they are indeed, yeah. yeah. Row River Books in Dundalk. And in actual fact, in pretty much most bookstores, in the country as great, well. Great, great. Fantastic. Well, listen, I just had to have a chat with you today. It's been a while and things yeah. are picking up again and we're looking forward now to the new one. And I'll finish off again by saying to my favourite favourite author, Happy World Book Day. Oh, cheers, Jerry. You're a gent. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Emer Conlon, one of our own here from the North East. Brilliant children's author. And her books are just the nicest. They really are. What's your favourite book? My favourite book ever is Ma- Marita Conlon McKenna's book, Under the Hawthorn Tree, says a listener. Have you a favourite book of all time or a book you loved? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. After two, it's time to talk about crows. Thank you so much. You're telling us about your favourite books on World Book Day. Uh, Mickey, you're giving us a great laugh. Mickey's been on to say, My favourite book, Jerry, is me credit union book. <laughs> Good on you, Mickey. Maddie's been on to say, Jerry, I love thrillers and I love The End of Her, Stranger in the House and Not a Happy Family by Shari Lapina. And Trick or Treat by Katerina Diamond is fantastic too. Thank you for letting us know about that. I have more there. I'll come back to them. What's your favourite book? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or one that you loved. Well, you do know I love nature. I really do. And we feature it a lot it and wildlife on this show and one of our regulars I can call him now he's a great friend of ours is back with me and I'll tell you why I was driving out it's about a week ago not far from where I live and I looked up and I know they're there every year and here were crows or whatever they were possibly rooks going absolutely mad at the tops of the trees and the wind was blowing hard and they're building I know they're building their nests already so Today on Late Lunch, it's time to talk about Corvids. Yes, Corvids are the umbrella name for the Crow family. Niall Hatch from Birdwatch Ireland. Hello again. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Now, my first question about these guys in the trees, Niall. What was I looking at? What, which, which of the family would you say they were? And do they come back? Do they build there faithfully year on year, stay with that particular area? 
Well, many of them do. Yes, there are some traditional sites both for, for roosting, so sleeping for crows, and nesting sites that some, some in some cases go back over 100 years. So they do have a, a strong culture around certain areas. Um, other birds sometimes will move to new areas, of course, but they do have a strong sort of site faithfulness, we call it there. And given your description of the activity of those birds, I, I suspect that um, they were most likely were rooks or maybe a mixture of rooks and jackdaws, both members of the crow family, um, very common familiar birds in Ireland. The, the rook is the sort of all black crow we often see walking around in fields or at the side of the road and sort of a bare patch of skin on their face and the jackdaw is a slightly smaller crow with a pale eye and sort of a a silvery grey wash on the back of the head Um, so they're often found together and uh, the the rooks in particular will gather together at this time of year year in big numbers to go and build their nests high up in the trees so I suspect that's what you're seeing all right. Oh they have a big beak on them the rook haven't they it's a prominent uh, beak compared to the others. It is, yes. It's a real formidable yeah. uh, tool that they have there. For, for I always think of crow's beaks as being like Swiss army knives. They do mm. all sorts of tasks. <laughs> yes. And the rook, yeah, very impressive beak. You're right. Now, they're up there and the wind is howling. Thank God it's, it's settled down in the last number of days. But you know what I'm talking about when the storms were blowing across. And you look at them there and they wear, I paused and I had a look at them. They wear rooting with the nest. So they are nesting already, but their nests are pretty, uh, what would you say, disorganised affairs. They just look like a bundle of twigs now. Well, they, they are a bundle of twigs, really. That they're they're stronger than they look, and uh, the, as the birds get experience as they get older, they become better at weaving them into, into sort of a basket-like shape. But crows' nests, famously, are are quite untidy, but still very effective. Uh, they they can often get bigger and bigger. And what they'll sometimes do is they'll even repair a nest from a previous year, mm. do a bit of uh, you know tending to it, adding some new sticks to it. So over time, they'll get bigger and bigger in some cases. And so, uh, so that's, that's what they do. So they do look quite untidy, but they do perform a very good, secure platform there for their for their eggs. And uh, that's what it's all about at this time of year. The, the days are getting longer. Uh, the weather was slowly but surely going to be getting better. And that's when the birds' turn, t- thoughts turn to nesting and to raising their young. So uh, before too much longer, there'll be eggs in those nests, and then the parents will be sitting on them to keep them warm and incubate them. And the chicks hatch out. And crows are very good parents. They take very good care of their chicks, and they stay with them for a long time after they leave the nest, which is quite unusual in the bird world. And um, so, uh, so they get a good start in life and that's what it's really all about how many clutches will they have in a year is it just the one it's usually just the one, yes. Although if something happened to uh, to them early on, perhaps if if if, if the, the nest was lost or the eggs uh, chilled or something like that or died, they could they they could have another go if it's not too late into the season. But it's usually just one. That's correct. The terms for crows I wanted to ask you about because you can call them a murder of crows or a parliament of crows. What's the distinction? Well, a lot of these collective terms that they're sort of uh, were made by Victorian era authors. So a lot of them don't have too much real historical background to them. They're just, and you can tell a lot about maybe the author's uh, own, uh, I suppose, uh, attitudes towards these birds. They come up with them, so it's very telling. A murder of crows, but an exaltation of larks. You know, I always mm. think it's a bit biased there. Um, <laughs> I think, I think with the Parliament uh, idea, and particularly you get a Parliament of rooks. I think it's because they do seem to be all gathering together in these groups. It looks like there's a hierarchy there. There's some who are in charge they seem to be debating I think that's very much a part of their society and so that was obviously being recognised as well that uh, that uh, yeah, that, that there was something more going on here with these gatherings of birds rather than just simple looking for food or looking for warmth or shelter there is some sort of communication some sort of culture going on there and I, I keep using the word culture but it's, it's really appropriate because crows are incredibly intelligent they're one of the most incredible, incredibly intelligent animals on the whole planet uh, and uh, they, they, they frequently surprise me with what they can do so we should have a, 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 a real respect for them I think Yeah and we were talking to a guy 
guy actually called John Curry last week. He's down Carlow Way and he has a rook, I think it is, called Cornelius. He picked him up on the road <laughs> last year. He reared him with a little bottle himself and he won't leave him now. And honestly, when you see him, Niall, he comes into his kitchen, he feeds. Now he goes away, he told us at night, he doesn't know where he goes. But morning, he's there. In he comes, he feeds him. And he has him doing tricks with bottle tops and everything. Amazing. Yes, they, they really are remarkable birds. And it just shows that that attachment they can form with humans, uh, like, like us human beings, they long to be in company. They long to be with others and to share this social bond. And where a crow has been raised by people, they often will, will pick this up. And, and you know, it's, not, it's not, not that they think that they're humans or anything like that. It's that they, they feel that strong association. And when they realize there's no threat there, they can become quite affectionate. Uh, and it's amazing to watch crows. I, I'd recommend everybody to do this. If you see any type of crow, and it's many different species, we're talking magpies or type of crow, the hooded crow, or the skulled crow, the, the grey crow, the black and grey one we see at the roads too. That's another one. Um, and when you see them there, the, the, they just watch them for a few minutes and see what they do. They they really are interested. They, they investigate things. They they try things out. They use trial and error. They think ahead. They use logic to solve puzzles. They're really, really smart. And what I find fascinating about them too is that they're um, among the only animals in the world that use tools and they're among the only animals in the world that can recognise themselves when they see them in, themselves in a reflection, which to us humans sounds really simple. But if you put a dog or a cat in front of a mirror, they don't know that they're watching themselves. They, if they see an image there, they think it's another dog or cat. And that's the same for almost all animals. When a crow looks in a mirror, it knows it's looking at itself. And that's, uh, that shows very advanced thinking. thinking. Isn't that just marvellous to contemplate? The other thing about them, Niall, I've watched them, say, with a, a sparrow hawk or even a buzzard, and you'll see them chase them. You know, two or three of them, even one on his own, give him jip in the sky. It, which of the family is that, or is it all of them? They, they're very brave. Yes, they are brave and they will all do that. It's a behaviour that we ornithologists call mobbing. And what it is, is it's to try and harass these birds of prey to get them to move out of the area. Because a buzzard uh, is is a threat, particularly to young crows. They love to eat young crows, these, these birds of prey. Uh, and a sparrowhawk as well, a large female sparrowhawk, which the females are bigger than the males, they could, they could take, a, take a young crow as well. So, but that will only work if those birds of prey have the element of surprise, if they can sneak up without being seen. So one of the theories is that what's happening when the uh, when, when these crows see a bird of prey, they want immediately to draw attention to it so the other crows notice it. And this is telling this bird of prey, look, we see you, we know you're there, you, the element of surprise is gone, you may as well move on to a new area because uh, you're not going to get any food here. Uh, we're going to keep ruining your hunting chance unless you move away. And um, So that's what they're trying to do there. Now, crows are, are big and powerful, and if enough of them gang up, they may then attempt to attack that bird and even try to kill it. I've seen, I've seen a group of crows killing a sparrowhawk before and they all gathered together and, just, and, and took it down and pecked at it until it was dead. Really gruesome, but that, of course, that's the way nature works. Um, they're, they're trying to see off a threat just like we humans would. Uh, but that's what's really going on. They want, to, they want to ruin these birds' element of surprise to show that they've been noticed and to draw attention to them so other birds in the area may come in and provide reinforcements as well in the battle. I ground feed, as you know, I told you this before, and with you uh, joining me here the last week or so, I've been watching them. And like you said, they're fascinating to watch. But in my back garden, there's definitely three, if not four, four species. I am 100% sure because I mentioned the big beak. Rooks are there. Um, for certain, the hooded crow is there because you can see the grey flank in them. But I'm not sure, Nile, whether it's a carrion or a jackdaw. There's a smaller crow there. Which would it more likely be? 
Almost certainly a jackdaw. So the the carrion right. crow, it, it's a common bird across much of Europe, including across the water in Britain. Here in Ireland, it's it's almost completely replaced by the hooded crow, the black and grey crow. In yes. Britain, that's only found in Western Scotland. So um, we do get a, a few records of carrion crow, uh, sometimes on the East Coast, occasionally um, on coastal headlands and so on, and in County Down as well. But 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 they're very rare across the country, whereas the jackdaws are a very common bird. Okay. You mentioned they're a bit smaller. So yeah. the, the, the hooded crow and the, and the carrion crow will be exactly the same size. So look for the pale eye is the main thing as well. Jackdaws have a pale eye, which the other crows don't. OK, I'll keep a good eye out for that. And of course, the other guy arrives in his best white suit and black trimmings, Mr Magpie. <laughs> yes, a, a bird that a lot of people contact us in Birdwatch Ireland with a lot of hatred towards. I have to admit, I have a real sneaking regard for magpies. I think they're beautiful. Um, and I think that uh, they get blamed for a lot of things that uh, that aren't necessarily their fault um, or get blamed for things maybe that, that we humans do just as well. So we, we kill animals. We destroy habitats. Well, the magpies want to fight for themselves. That's what they do too. Um, one of their big enemies is actually the hooded crows. The hooded crows often feed on young magpies. They don't have it all their own way. But I think one of the reasons why magpies are so successful is because they're so intelligent and adaptable. So mm. if a type of food that they're shelter, whatever they were utilising, disappears, they're smart enough to be able to switch to something new. Most of our birds aren't able to do that. So people think what happens is that they see an area, they see magpies doing well, they see small birds declining, and they put two and two together and come up with five. They think, well, magpies are doing well, the other birds aren't, so therefore the magpies must have caused the declines in those small birds. But that's not the case. What causes the declines of those small birds is our human activity. It's destruction of hedgerows, it's, it's, uh, it's intensification of agriculture, it's pollution. Uh, it's the, the felling of forests, it's destruction of bogs. All of these things are affecting our, our and climate change as well, of course. All they're affected, those are doing is, uh, things are affecting our, our small bird populations. Uh, the magpies are better able to weather that storm because they're so adaptable and so smart. So mm. there's no denying magpies do uh, kill a few small birds. They do eat a few eggs. Most wild birds are predators. I always point out to people that a bird like a blue tit, they, uh, they, they kill thousands of baby butterflies every year, i.e. caterpillars. Uh, robins are voracious predators of worms nature's about survival of the fittest it's about it's about killing other creatures to, so you you and your offspring can survive and magpies are no different in that regard at all that's it and that's a message that people should ponder and keep with them as well it's an understanding that often gets lost with sentimentality now you mentioned destruction of habitat and while you're with me today it is so important to say hedge cutting ceased on the first of march and it's a no-no now it is. That's absolutely right. So from under the Wildlife Act here in Ireland, from the 1st of March to the 31st of August, uh, hedge cutting is is prohibited, except in certain circumstances. So for reasons of, of road safety, for example, and that, that's perfectly appropriate, um, that, that's allowed. And there are certain examples. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exemptions for certain agricultural purposes and for uh, local authorities and some semi-state bodies. Um, but by and large, uh, you know, the, 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 for most hedges in Ireland, there is a, a blanket ban at the moment on cutting of them. And also, even in cases where it might be permitted for, for one of the exemptions, where our message is, if it can be done earlier, if it can be done outside the protected season, that's the time to do it because these hedgerows are a real lifeline for so many of our wild birds and also for our pollinating insects and lots of other creatures as well. It's a whole ecosystem there. Essentially, in Ireland, we have so few trees in this country, among the, 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 the lowest levels of tree cover in all of Europe. Our hedgerows are, in a sense, our woodlands now. There are linear woodlands. They, they perform a very similar function. They support a whole load of plant and animal life uh, and also are very important for things like, like carbon sequestration to help combat climate change they help with uh, with uh, flooding uh, they help you know, to, to mitigate flooding that uh, they, they help um, with, with all sorts of uh, aspects as i mentioned pollinating insects not least of all because they're essential for the pollinating many of our crops and our fruit trees and so on uh, so uh, from that point of view we really have to value our hedgerows and yeah just to, if people could, could please uh, could please obey the law and and, and between the first of march and 31st of august uh, hold off on cutting them absolutely next time you're with me i want to come back to the garden bird survey which uh, finished up recently and you'll have the results compiled and we can talk about that next time. Is that all right, Niall? Oh, I'd love that, absolutely. And yeah. any listeners who are taking part, don't remember to send your, don't, don't forget to send your, your forms back to us. We need the result yeah. the data in as soon as possible. Get them in as soon as possible. We'll be turning to that next time round. And again, I say to everybody, I'm a member myself, got my magazine uh, the other day. I look forward to it each time and I get the newsletter to my email. It's fantastic. And you're supporting the great work that Niall and his colleagues does. Birdwatch Ireland, I encourage you to join. Until the next time, Niall, thank you so much for taking our call. Thanks a million, Jerry. Bye for now. Bye-bye. That's Niall Hatch there from Birdwatch Ireland. What a fantastic guy he is. So look at those black fellas in your back garden or wherever they are in a different light in the future. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Still to come on the show, we're looking ahead to Enterprise Week in Louth and Meath in a wee while here on LMFM Radio. But we have a little break to take back in a moment. So- Yeah, that's keen on your late lunch. This World Book Day afternoon. Fantastic song, isn't it? 2004, we're going back to there now. Made number three in the UK charts from the album Hopes and Fears. And Louise was in there singing her head off to that one. I love that song. like that song, yeah, don't you? love it. I never heard you blasting it out like that before. <laughs> I didn't realise I here. was. <laughs> you, you were, you were, and I was quite aware of it. You were singing your old tonsils out there to that one. It is a lovely song. It really, really is. What about the books? Yes, many of you have uh, been on to us. Bridie loves a book from her childhood, Lady and the Tramp. Oh, it's a fantastic story and made into a movie, I'm sure. Wasn't it Lady and the Tramp? I'm sure it was a movie as well. What about this one? Listen to this. This is lovely. I have a book called Black Beauty, the story of a black horse. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember it on Sunday afternoons? Loved it. We know it, whoever you are. This book, the listener goes on to say, is a favourite of mine. And I've read it on occasion for the last 
76 years. I would have been mm. about 12 years of age when I received oh, lovely. it. Isn't that Is just... Is it Anna Sewell was the author? A lovely remember. story. I just can't remember anyway, but I, I certainly anyway. remember the TV series based on the book, of course. Um, Small Things Like These, Jerry, by Claire Keegan, says Susan this afternoon, is a terrific read. I'm delighted to recommend it to our listeners based on your recommendation, Susan. Uh, I saw another one there. Oh, yeah. To School Through the Fields by Alice Taylor. Ah, what a lovely, lovely book. Helen's been on to us about that. Alice Taylor was probably the book that broke her, you know, as an author. It was the big breakthrough for her. It's a lovely, lovely book. Do you like it? It, A fantastic book. And I mean, that was number one in the charts here for years and years. I talked to Alice. Do you remember? I think it was last year I was talking to her. She's still writing away there. She's a good age now. But that book is certainly a classic book. And uh, thanks for reminding us of it. Um, Another message there to me. Um... Magpies, Jerry, uh, have killed varieties of chicks in my garden for the last year. Now, I fed them before that, and, and uh, there's somebody not too happy uh, with the magpie. But as you heard Niall uh, say there, Louise, nature, the fittest mm. survives in nature. It's as simple as that, and that's the, the way of the world. And f- some people find that hard to accept or understand. I do understand it, and, and that's the way it is. There is a pecking order, and that's the way it works out. Now, besides books, Louise, recommending... Just laughing here. Um, somebody sent you in a picture. Did you see it? The crows bring in my Kindle every year. But before I clicked on the picture, I thought the Kindle was the book. What is it? You know, the electronic book. Oh, yeah. But she means Kindle for the fire. For the fire, the little yeah. twigs. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Kindling for the fire and the crows bring them in and they drop them on the ground. I know what you're talking about. My book, says a listener, and that's a different listener to the other one I mentioned, Black Beauty. I couldn't agree more. Anna Sewell is right. Anna it's Sewell. come in there. And I've read it to myself and my children and they're in their 30s now, Jerry. Mm. There you are, Black Beauty. One I wouldn't have been on my mind at all. Imagine and, keeping a book for that length of time. Yeah, oh, it's just fabulous. wonderful. It's, it's fabulous, it really is. Have you a book that you'd like to mention today or is there anything on your mind? I loved re- when I was a kid, The Secret Garden and I loved it like um, Irene mm. said... Enid Blyton, but I love Mallory Towers. Right. Mm, all the, the series of Mallory Towers, yeah. I think there was six of them. Okay, written yeah. by somebody else, was it? Not, no, it uh, was Enid Blyton. Enid, yeah, yeah, right, okay, as well. Yeah. Same same series. I, I said I'd mention a couple on the day that's in it. I'll tell you a book I highly recommend. Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela. Okay. His about, oh, my God almighty. It's just, it's years ago since I read it. What a book. It would just stay with you forever. Um, the Monk Who Give Up His Ferrari was one I read oh, years I ago. I remember you talking yeah, and, about and that. talked about that as well. I remember, I read that in the whole way. I was flying to the States and I finished it on the flight across. It was that brilliant. But I have to say recently, uh, the Eleanor Oliphant book, I said this many times. Uh, it was our road high in the charts for weeks and weeks. But Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine, is a brilliant, brilliant book. And of course, in the current context of what's happening in this world of ours, The Tattooist of Auschwitz Mm. is a book that will chill you and you'll put it down and you wonder will you pick it up. But you should read it to see the cruelty that is now being revisited on the people of Ukraine by Russia. It is horrendous. And if you want to watch something on Netflix, I'm going to watch it myself this evening. It's been recommended to me. Um, It's on Netflix at the moment. Winter 
on fire is the name of it and it's about the Ukraine it's an hour and a half I believe I'm going to watch it this evening Winter on Fire about the Ukraine on Netflix at the moment if you have it to give it a look as well you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and next week is Enterprise Week it's a big big week for people in business and we're going to talk about it next with Sarah Mallon from Louth and Lorna Cooney from Meath about joining me You may know, but in every county in Ireland, there's a local enterprise office and it's a free service that provides advice, training and specialist supports to small businesses from pre-start ideas to start up to established businesses. And we are so lucky here in Meath and Louth to have really dynamic local enterprise office teams. They work tirelessly to help local businesses grow. And I'm delighted to say today on the show, ahead of Enterprise Week next week, I'm joined by Sarah Mallon from the local Enterprise Office in Louth and our compatriot in the Royal County in County Meath is Lorna Cooney. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, Barry. It's great to have you with me this week. Sarah, can I start with yourself and maybe you just tell our listeners what Enterprise Week is all about and why it's so important to our businesses across the two counties? Well, Enterprise Week, it's um, just an opportunity for people to take a little bit of a step back if they can and to take a look at information that might help them. It's that awful expression to, you know, to work on your business rather than in your business, but people do get caught up in the day-to-day running of their business on an everyday basis. And I suppose Local Enterprise Week is we condense a lot of opportunities where they can maybe schedule in in advance and go, okay, I'll maybe take that morning out to find out about this and I'll take the afternoon or maybe grab a cup of coffee over lunch. And I suppose it's just a full-on programme so that people can make the most of an opportunity and schedule time to take a look at what's best for their business. Yeah, and and you're so right. You see it all the time. People, you get wrapped up in, you know, getting the orders in, getting the the product out and all that type of stuff and all that goes with you're at the coalface. But it is so important to step back and dip into the well, isn't it, Sarah, of what is there for people? Absolutely. People are are so busy doing that they don't Mm. want to think. And I think in particular the last two years, Everybody has really just had to think on their feet to survive, to adapt. But hopefully we're coming out of that period now and it's time to maybe look ahead and formulate a strategy. And then they can find out about all different areas. Lorna will talk about the different national programmes we have, the different areas that we cover. But importantly, people can find out about the supports that are available too because there's such a wide range of supports within the local enterprise office for all range of businesses now. And certainly we're getting feedback that people have really benefited from those supports over the last two Mm. years. And we've lots of new offerings, lots of relevant offerings. I don't want to see Lorna Sunder, but, you know, talking about green initiatives and that sort of thing. So it's just an ideal opportunity to learn and find out. Yes, absolutely. Lorna Cooney, welcome to the show. Tell me about, say, let's pick three, if you could, events that are me, they're hosting, that businesses won't want to miss. They're unmissable. No bother, Jerry. Um, the first one I think would be um, my export food journey um, or my food export journey. This one um, is particularly interesting for food producers. It's open to all businesses in the region from Louth, Mead, Cavan and Monaghan. Um, but the, the event has two keynote speakers. Um, they'll be well known to, to most. Colm O'Sullivan of Cully and Sully. He's one of the most popular food producers of the last decade. So yes. I'm sure we've all bought his products. 
and uh, London-based Bruce Langlands, who had a career spanning 30 years in retail and hospitality. So he's worked with big household names such as Superquin, M&S, Harrods, and he's been director of foods and hospitality with Selfridges. Um, so they, they will impart their um, knowledge and expertise on exporting for food producers. And then we have the, a panel discussion with two of our local producers, um, which you won't want to miss. It's Alex Cunningham of Slane Distillery yes. and Colin Mary of Permapig. Lovely. And people I know well and I've interviewed from time to time here on the show, they're fantastic guys and each of their businesses yeah. is quite different, but a, a, a lot to offer others. Yes, exactly. Um, so that would be a really interesting discussion for an interactive one as well for food producers. Mm. Then on Wednesday, we have digital courses, um, including managing your brand online and developing a website using WordPress. Um, that one's been very popular up to now. Um, people just don't want to be paying for the expertise of a web developer to make all the changes on their website or to keep maintaining it. And if they get the skill set to manage it themselves using these packages like WordPress, they feel that they're more empowered to, to upgrade it and keep that website looking fresh and new. So that one would be worth dipping into. And then on Friday, I just wanted to highlight that we have our business owners ne- monthly network meeting. That's the MBON, Meet Business Owners Network. And that will focus on financial supports from the LEO on mm. Friday the 11th. So we'll have our chief or our head of enterprise, Joe English, um, speaking to to um, the, the companies on where what funding is available from Leo and how to access it. Very good. Uh, nice range there that you've picked out. Sarah, what about yourself? Would you like to mention a couple in the Wee County? I suppose, uh, yes. Well, I'm thinking about uh, this Enterprise Week isn't just for people that are in business already. Um, it's also for those people that are thinking about setting up a new business themselves. And particularly with remote working and people haven't been out of maybe commuting for the last two years, we have noticed a big increase of people setting up their own business, maybe in something they were working in before they found a niche or just rethinking and starting again. And so we have a number of business clinics that are available all week just for general business advice. They're one-to-one and are generally on Zoom or by uh, phone and we also have a specialist finance clinic as well if somebody wants to do that so that's worth thinking about because it is for people that are at all stages of business enterprise which there will be something that would be for those maybe that are starting up or somebody looking for yeah. advice and something very specific um, and one thing that uh, people in business always like to see you know if they could save time and save money is a key thing to help people get through the day and we work with a number of partners to deliver events during the week and one has been run with uh, and District Chamber and that's on, it's called Saving the Time and Money with Smarter Business Processes and that's going to be led by an expert Ashley Bell and it'll help, that's over lunchtime so that's a perfect opportunity if somebody's taking their lunch between one and two they can find out a little bit about how they might make their life a little bit easier and run a little bit more smoothly um, and then a key event that we're having uh, as part of International uh, Women's Day uh, to market during the week, we're actually having running an event with Network Live, which is the Women in Business Network in Live. And we have Eve McChrystal, the Tokyo Gold Olympics, because it's talking about developing the mindset. So not only do you need the skills and the information, it's also about developing a, mi- a good mindset to help you in business and 
strength and resilience to get you through. So that's going to be run on Thursday evening between uh, 7.30 and 8.45. So that will be Brilliant. one that would be good to check into. Mm. Oh, Eve is fantastic. And by God, is she a winner for sure. Lorna, what are the spotlight events about? Um, yeah, there, there's 12 of them throughout the week and they're free to attend by all. Um, they range from digitisation, lean principles, going green, funding, um, across a huge range of topics. If you like, I can take you through the week and I'll just highlight the couple on each day. That's yeah, as quick as you can there, yep. Yeah, so uh, Monday morning we have Drive Growth by Digitising Your Business. Um, then in the afternoon we have Food Consumer Trends 2022 and you will hear from Ireland's leading food experts on that one. And then Tuesday morning we have... Um, internationalizing your business, developing export opportunities in the digital age. And in the afternoon, we have a, a lean session called From Good to Great, using lean for a competitive advantage. And then on Wednesday, we have Going Green, Small Steps, Big Impact in the morning. And following on from that in late morning, we have Agile Ambition, Funding for Innovation, So that's how to access the Enterprise Ireland Agile Innovation Fund and who qualifies, how much is the fund and what qualifies for funding. Then you have intellectual property in the afternoon, first steps in protecting your business. So anyone that's developing a patent or wants to protect their assets, that's a very interesting one. Mm. And you'll also have an opportunity for a one-to-one consultation with an IP expert as part of that one. Then on Thursday, we have future-proofing your small business using smart tech tools, a dynamic workshop by Noel Davidson that helps people look for, are they using enough smart tools, easily available tools that are out there that will save them time and money and help them work more efficiently. Then we have in the afternoon on Thursday, the social media mashup, which is a bit of a mixture of everything to do with social media. And that one's hosted by... Theresa Ann O'Reilly, and she has leading speakers on board like Samantha Kelly, the tweeting goddess, serial entrepreneur Jordan Casey from Waterford Whispers News, and Colin Wilkinson and Paul Zerrer of Waterford in your pocket. Great lineup, yeah, great lineup. Yeah, so then on Friday you have um, Boost Your Business Online, How to Stand Out from the Crowd, and to wrap up on Friday afternoon, show me the money. So that's about raising five months for your business. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I know that one will be. A bit show better. me the money. Now we're really interested for sure. Back yeah. to you, uh, Sarah. Just the one I, I wanted to talk about, and we know her well. She's brilliant. Miriam Simon. Yes, uh, we are very lucky that in Lowe's we're able to host one of the Spotlight events this year. And we ha- are working on one on retail, which is adapting and innovating in an ever-changing retail envi- trading environment. And um, that's going to be a really fast-paced uh, event. It's on from 7 until 8.45 on Monday night. And if this is a national event. So as Lorna was saying, all the events that Lorna has listed, it's great because they could be run in Cork, they could be run in Waterford. Yeah. And one of the benefits of... I suppose that, that, that these events are virtual now, is that you get an opportunity to attend these things. So we're really lucky that we're going to be hosting this for retailers across the whole of the country. And we have plenty of live people represented. We will have Miriam, who's going to be the MC and talking about the future of retail, which is uh, 
incredible the knowledge that she has. And we have Jean McCabe, who would have been up with the Fly and Drahada from the Willow Group, Duncan Graham from Retail Excellence Ireland. And we have two industry experts in retail who are both based in Louth, Orla MacDonald of OMD Consultancy and Aidan Hart of Optimum Results. And they're going to be talking about the trading environment. My Minister English is going to open the event and take a look at what what's important, what's key now, how you communicate, and then your future of retail. So it'll be an excellent event. And mm. as I was saying, you know, because they're virtual, we have the benefit we're able to attend. And I know we miss the face-to-face networking, but through these events, you might come across other people or other businesses who are doing something that might be of interest to you, might lead to a collaboration, or yes. so network in a different sort of way and... Uh, the spotlight events will certainly be attracting an audience from they will indeed and good luck to you with that one and Lorna just before we finish will you let our listeners know where they can find out more and book uh, their places on the local enterprise week events yeah sure Uh, Jerry. the brochure of events can be downloaded or viewed online at www.localenterprise.ie forward slash week and you can also find on that page a link to the local events that are running in your area, as well as the spotlight events. So localenterprise.ie forward slash week and all the information is at your fingertips. I would just say book early because I think demand will be high. There's already interest in a lot of the events. So Mm. it, it is a very good lineup. And I think... You know, if you get your bookings in early, get your diary organized, get the spots allocated and that'll commit you to it, you know. Yes, very important to say when we as we finish up, if you have an idea, if you're starting up, if you're just getting going, if you're on your way, working your way through or established, it's all here for you next week. 7th to the 11th of March is National Enterprise Week. And as you heard, Louth and Meath are to the forefront with all the events and what they're involved in there. Wish you both well and everybody who's taking part. Thank you both for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourselves. That's uh, Sarah Mallon and Lorna Cooney there from the Leos in Louth and Meath, respectively. And I'll just mention again, to check out those events, it is localenterprise.ie forward slash week. Are you shaking the heads? Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Fantastic song. One of those timeless songs, isn't it? It really, really is. Thanks indeed for the uh, book recommendations. Anne's been on to say, Jerry, I highly recommend Catherine Corliss Belonging, the story of the Tomb Mother and Baby Homes. Thanks indeed, Anne. Nice to hear from you. Another listener says, Anything by Lorna Byrne. I absolutely love her books. Well, Lorna, well, she's an established author now, isn't she? With a huge following. Books like Angels at My Fingertips, Stairways to Heaven, etc., etc. And another one there says, Jerry, tell your listeners to get it, this book, please. Across the Barricades by Joan Lingard, says a listener too. So lots to mull and consider there in terms of books. Uh, Louise, um, the Apprentice tonight. I meant to mention it the, the last couple of weeks. You know I'm a big Apprentice fan. How many I, have been kicked out so far? Oh, <laughs> quite a lot been kicked out. It's getting down to the wire now. I think there's about seven of them left. But you know what I was thinking? I think I'm becoming more like Sugar every day. He's narky and Rich? Tetra- well, not in, not in that wouldn't I love, but not. I am rich in many ways, I have to say. Loads of ways in my life, but not the wealth that Mr Sugar has in terms of pound sterling. But you know 
know I'm becoming more like him. I am, Louise. I think I am. Do you notice it with me? I'm, <laughs> I'm getting contra- more contrary. And, I, I, you know, he's he's tetchy and he he really does scold them and give out to them. And he puts his eyes up to heaven and he gets annoyed about things. I think I'm becoming like sugar. Are you not tetchy, Jerry? <laughs> I'm cranky, not? not tetchy. <laughs> <laughs> I was out playing golf last Sunday and I, on the golf course I really am sugar <laughs> I'd love to tell loads of them you're fired you pick a, up the ball there was, and throw a four, there was a four ball four fellas in front of us and I'm not joking we're out at ten past eight last Sunday morning and the boys were laughing at me that I play with they said will you calm down they went searching for a ball and I don't know how long they spent looking, but they held everyone up and then there was a backlog. Jesus, I was going to go up to them and give them a ball. <laughs> I'll give them the the cost of a ball, to be honest. I never saw anything like fellas like that on the golf course searching for one golf ball in the name of St. You may just bring a picnic the next time and calm down. <laughs> I can't stand slow golf or people holding us up in front of us. Or What's the I fastest time you've ever gone round a golf course? Well, we play nine holes on Sundays and we normally get round. You get round in 90 minutes, like nine holes you know, right? things moving well it was over two hours on Sunday with those gobshites in front of us I have to say honest to God it's one thing that gets up me nose slow golfers it really does they really got up the nose of the people you were with as well <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> were Martin was saying to Kieran, is he like that all the time <laughs> yeah. going, Sorry, I don't know who, don't know who he is. it's not him he, he just morphs into Alan Sugar here out in the golf course anyway <laughs> <laughs> and please Play play at pace. Stop this bloody slow play. If you lose a ball, move on. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Oliver Usher has an interesting auction coming up. He's going to tell us about it after three. And I return to my soundtrack from Sing. Now, my soundtrack this week comes from the brilliant animated movie Sing. And Gareth Jennings, Garth Jennings, should I say, was the man who was given the commission to write and direct the movie, which he began working on in January 2014. It took almost three years to complete before it was released on the 21st of December 2016. Listen to this. It cost £75 million, this is interesting to make, of which Eleven and a quarter million was spent on the rights. I said this yesterday. I thought it would be expensive to the sixty-five songs that feature in the movie. That's a huge amount of money to uh, get the right to use those songs in the movie. Eleven and a quarter million. But then, on the other hand, when you look at the box office takings, it was money well spent. With Sing earning six hundred and thirty-four million. Uh, at the box office, yielding a net profit for the makers of $194 million. Not bad, was it? If it? And I'll tell you this about it as well. You see, why it took off as well, it was critically acclaimed by all in sundry, with Rotten Tomatoes giving it a 72% rating. Words like superb animation, these are quotes from the, the reviews at the time, wonderful characters, and some fantastic tunes were some of the words used by the critics and of course the rest is history off it took and away it went and today on late lunch here's another of those fab numbers an Irving Berlin classic performed by Seth MacFarlane aka street singer the arrogant Mike the Mouse there may be trouble ahead But while there's moonlight and music and love and romance 
Boom. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Big band music. Seth MacFarlane there with the Irving Berlin classic. Uh, Let's face the music and dance from my soundtrack featured movie this week. Sing and of course reminding you Sing 2 is in cinemas at the moment and my little friends are telling me that it's fantastic they're loving it as much as the original more and the curtain coming down tomorrow on my week of Sing on Late Lunch Hi Jerry and Louise uh, my book I remember to this day from when I was a child it was about Saint Therese of Lisieux the little flower of course and uh, my favourite authors uh, the listener goes on to say at the moment are David Badici, Badachi, and Steve Kavanagh. I can't get enough of their books. They're absolutely terrific, Jerry. I highly recommend them. Thanks indeed on World Book Day. Just reminding you, back to sport for a moment. Our live coverage of the Premier League continues this Saturday on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on our LMFM website. Leicester Leeds, half 12. By God, Leeds need something, don't they? New manager there. Three o'clock, Newcastle take on Brighton. While in the evening game, it's Liverpool. They're on such a roll. They face West Ham, who were kicked out of the cup last night, the poor Hammers. Premier League live with now. Stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a now sports extra membership. It is all there for you. Final break of this Thursday afternoon and Oliver Usher, God the man is known the length and breadth of the country, his auction rooms, he has a very interesting auction coming next week Next week, which he's going to tell us all about next. An auction with a difference coming up next Tuesday the 8th of March at Usher's auction rooms on John Street in Kells. The contents of the late Pat Herbert's estate. To tell us more, the man himself is on the line. Hello again, Oliver. Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon, dear. Thank you for joining me on the show once more. I know what this is about and I'm intrigued. Uh, tell our listeners why this is unusual. Well, it's a lifetime collection of um, Pat Herbert. He found the um, Hardy Gurdy Radio Museum in uh, Holt, in the Martello Tower there. And um, it was his passion, you know, collecting radios and uh, all sorts of um, equipment connected with radios, manuals and for books. And he also collected old newspapers. He collected books. He collected phonographs, gramophones, music boxes, barred organs. You know, it was, it was, it's, un, it's unreal. We, I cleared out his house in Artane. And you, you just couldn't get into into it at all. There was so much stuff in it. And when he cleaned it out, Oliver, here's the story. He moved the stuff to the museum in the Martello, as you mentioned, in Holt. But he was yeah, like he, a magpie. That was, that was, that was about say, 15 years ago or more. Yes. He did that first. And then uh, he, he had enough stuff over and he collected more stuff. He refilled the house. He the house again. Yeah, he did. He refilled it again. This is unbelievable. Yeah. But my God, I have to say, Oliver, when you, you've mentioned some of the things there, a few things that jump out at me. He has a recording of WB Yeats. That's right, yeah. And um, uh, I, I noticed alongside it, horse flips as well. Mm. WB Yeats is uh, a spoken record. And uh, he's also... A load of John McCormick records, and uh, one one in particular with um, the photograph of John McCormick on the record. You know, yes, there's mountains of records here: seventy-eights, LPs, um, uh, you know, and all the um, 
popular ones of today. Yes. Records, albums, you know. I'm sure if some of you people from, from LNFM want to have a, a look at them, you'd find some rare gems. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> if you saw what we were running on today, <laughs> it's a microchip compared to all that type of stuff. But there, I, 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 I get what you're saying, and I'm sure listeners do too. There is stuff here that is uh, honestly in uh, priceless and should be preserved for posterity as well. The mm. other thing you mentioned, Oliver, he was always into, you know, the collecting the radios, communication memorabilia. But let's talk about the, the new Newspapers, copies of the Nation, Dublin Penny Journal, The Statesman, and United Irishman. Yeah, all those. Uh, you know, I even came across one there from Loch Ray, nineteen hundred and four, uh, and there's one beside it there, uh, a farming one from the same year as well. Mm. You know, and, uh, you had uh, the Dublin Penny Journal. You know, yes. Rare, rare stuff. Rare stuff rare, indeed. Rare, rare stuff indeed, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, his interest, just just a little bit about the man himself. Uh, he was born in, in Arda in Mayo and he married a woman from Arda, but it was Arda in Limerick. Ironic, wasn't it? Husband and wife from, from two different yeah. Ardas. Yeah. Three Ardas in Ireland. You know, you have Arda and Longford as well. Yes, of course, of course, many of them in Ireland. But he went to England, worked in London, he then moved to Bristol, but eventually came back to Artane, as you mentioned, and, and, and settled down there, so he did. And, and you know, when, when you think of the man himself, um, he, he really had an eye for this stuff, hadn't he? He sure had, yeah. And then uh, after his wife died in 2002, he set up the, the old hurdy-gurdy, Museum of Vintage Radio in the Martello Tower there. So it's it's ironic when you think of Yeats and, you know, the, all the uh, records he has. He has scripts from old radio programs. Yes. With, um, um, ephemera, you know, old billheads, film posters, you know, to beat the band. Yeah. Uh, the, the books, manuals for all sorts of radios and uh, the workings of them, telephones. Yeah. Um, there's a, a mini barrel organ there and uh, you wind it up and it just plays. It's like in a fairground. Yes. Uh, the way go there. There's a, a music box and you wind it up and it plays several different tunes, you know. Mm. It's on, uh, you can change them around and um there's old, um, there's a set of four gramophones there, and uh, you know they're, they're just lovely. Yeah, and so they're they're, they're really well preserved, and the stuff in their original boxes even. Now it happens next Tuesday. Is there previewing of the collection? Yeah, so right now there's uh, today, tomorrow, and uh, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday viewing days. Yes. Okay, so people can call in and preview what's there and they all go under the hammer, under the gavel on Tuesday. What time does the auction start at? Uh, it's, it's online at 11am on Tuesday the 8th, next okay. Tuesday. Okay, so you Another can... thing that he collected uh, was um, the old meat platters, the blue or willow pattern and the brown ones. And uh, he had a major um, mason dinner service, you know. yes. Over 70 people. Oh, there's so much to be seen and enjoyed and viewed. It's it's unreal. It's unreal, this collection, and that's why 
we're talking okay. about it today. Anyway, look, we wish you well with it, Oliver, next Tuesday. Okay, thanks. thanks very much for your time, Dave. Not Dave. at all. Thank you for joining me again. That's Oliver Usher, Auction Rooms, John Street, Kells, the uh, contents of the late estate, the late, the estate of the late Pat Herbert. It's amazing what's in that collection. Check it out. Previewing on 11am Tuesday, online and in person. The auction starts there. That's our lot on late lunch for this Thursday afternoon on World Book Day. Tomorrow on the show, we're in the garden with Nikki Kyle. It's all systems go at the beginning of March. We start a new spring cookery feature with Tara Walker, David Sheehan on sport, comedy, TV competition and sing. Everything for somebody in the audience on late lunch tomorrow. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on your LMFM. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday's show at 1.30. Leave you in the company of Niall Horn. Have a nice evening. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.